I'm Jeremiah Craig. Thank you for tuning in. I got stories to tell and songs to sing. Now they call me a balladeer to find out why just lend an ear at me. with me a little while and I will promise I will make you smile. My name is Jeremiah Craig. Thank you for tuning in. Is that a harmonica in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? I'm on the bridge over I-5. Just trying to survive. Good morning, everybody. This is Jeremiah Craig. <laughs> Coming at you from Seattle. Actually, Bellevue now. On February 20th. Weird stuff this morning. On my way to the bus stop. I was walking past a area of the college where there's a community garden in there. And it's set back from the road a little bit. And it's by some woods, so it's really dark in there in the morning. So I was walking by the road, and it's well lit, which makes the woods even darker with the street being so well lit all the shadows being thrown in that direction so I'm walking by and I just hear this yelling and it sounds like a drunk person like they're trying to get my attention or something and I don't really trust those kinds of situations because I didn't see the person they are set back a ways in the woods a little bit and they sounded extremely drunk and I didn't want to get jumped. So I walked a little further and eventually it stopped. So I was kind of wondering if the person was okay. So I called 911. Yeah, maybe I, for a moment I thought I was overreacting, but better safe than sorry. On the phone with the operator, I just mentioned that, you know, I I think somebody might be in trouble. They also may, might be drunk. I have no idea. But I wanted to just pass that along to them just in case the person was in trouble. What would you do? I mean, this person sounded drunk, and how many times have we passed by drunk people? I don't know. But I didn't feel like I should probably do that. What would you do? Would you call the police? Would you just let it go? Or would you go down there to try to help the person out? Like I said, I'm not trusting of very much in a city, so I'd prefer for somebody else to deal with that. So, I'd be curious to hear 
from you all. Have a good day, everybody. Hey, Jeremiah. Um, as far as calling uh, the um, calling the police for the uh, the uh, drunk person, I would have done the same because it's times when you. You might see these people or hear them sometimes, um, but it's times when you really say, no, I, ha I need to make a phone call for this one. And that's what you felt like. So um, you never know. And again, better to be safe than to be sorry. Because what if you didn't call and then sometime later you'll hear, oh, some man was found, I don't know, dead or something happened to a man, you know, over in the, some alley that you had just witnessed. So, um, and you just happened to be the one that I'm um, helped. So, yep. And you can't leave it up to somebody else because that somebody else may might not make that phone call. Hey, TC. Thanks for the call. I was feeling that exact thing. I was like, you know, I just have this feeling that I need to call. It was a gut feeling. And living in the city... Those noises, those people who are drunk and high, that happens all the time. Like it wasn't a noise that I am not used to hearing. There's yelling all the time, even right outside my house. But this morning it was just a different sense. It was that gut feeling that you're talking about. And I had to call because of what you said. That reason. It's like, well, if I don't call, there's nobody else here right now that would. So I better, especially because I have this weird gut feeling that something is strange with this situation. And I don't know what happened. I will never know what happened. The cops went there. They were called there. I... I don't care what happened after the point, like, I did my part. It's that gut feeling that you just got to follow sometimes. And if that's one thing that I've learned in my 30 years of existence so far is that one of the most important things to do is actually follow your gut. Because you have these emotions for a reason. I remember when I was on tour once in the summertime. I was coming down from Logan, Utah after a show there. And I had to get on I-15 for a second before I went east into Colorado on... Oh, I forget the route now. But when I was coming down from Logan, I just had this really bad gut feeling that I should not use I-15. And I'd used I-15 several times. I mean, it's like the fastest way to get through Utah from the northern part of the country to the southwest. So to not take it would have lost a lot of time, but I just had this really bad gut feel. And I had some time to drive that night, but I stopped and slept in a Walmart parking lot before and if I felt the same way in the morning I would try to find a different route and I did feel weird still so I 
took Route 89 around until I met up with the road on, what was it? It was Route 40, and that took me east into Colorado. I just sort of bird-dogged it, I guess. I just sort of found my way. I knew which direction I needed to go, and I just took those roads. I didn't use a map or a GPS or anything, which is a lot of fun if you have the time to do that on long trips. You should just do it sometimes because you run into things that you wouldn't have, but that's besides the point. I followed my gut feeling, and I don't know what happened on I-15. I don't know what would have happened, but that doesn't matter. Because the most important part of it is that I'm still alive and paid attention to my internal mechanism, which warns me when something bad might go down. So, I guess that's what I was feeling this morning with the guy in the shadows. Thanks for the call, TC. Appreciate it. Today in music. Today in music. On this day, February 20th, 1967, one of the rock greats was born. Hugely important to the Seattle area. Talking about Kurt Cobain, leader of Nirvana. What a brilliant guy. He was born today in 1967. Last year, my fiance bought me his journals. And it's very interesting to go through another musician's journals. You see that there are, I guess, I guess you get to see inside a person somewhat. Because maybe they don't really plan on sharing that with anybody. I know I don't plan on sharing my journals with everybody, but you're able to sort of take a glimpse into what an idea looks like right from the get-go. The thought process is what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you get to see how a musician structures and thinks. The guy was just brilliant, an incredible artist as well, and he had a lot of troubles with his health. I can't remember what it was he was diagnosed with, but it made him it made it really difficult for him to actually eat food. So I mean, he was a great, that's for sure. Really important to the Seattle Sound, even though in his journals he says that there is no such thing as a Seattle Sound. If the Seattle Sound even exists, it came from Portland 
from a band called The Wipers. <laughs> so the Seattle sound, quote-unquote, actually started in Portland. According to Kurt Cobain, which gives a lot of credence to that saying. I mean, it gives a lot of weight, is what I'm trying to say. So, happy birthday, Kurt Cobain. We miss you. Ah, guess what just popped up on my phone? Another break room balladeer, number three. So, not to brag, but I got the first view, and I also got the first like. It literally popped up just before I went to sleep, just before I go to sleep. So, yes, I like it. I like the walking in. I like the interview. I'm not sure if I like the interview first or the singing first. I think I might like the interview. I like number two. I think I like the interview first, then the singing, because it gives you something to build into. But I'm not sure. Either way, they were both pretty good. So, rock on, man. That's what I'm talking about, Kingfish. Thanks for watching that. I think I'm going to try out that Clipper browser thing for Anchor and just upload all the audio to it right here and see if that works. And just for a little context, they do have a dog named Pepper. I think that's the only thing that in the video that you actually won't be able to hear because, well, I guess it barks a little bit. So that's Pepper. Thanks again, Kingfish. <laughs> this is Jeremiah Craig coming at you for episode three of Break Room Balladeer. And I'm here in Bellevue. Gonna be checking out Block 24 today. Block 24 is a event application for iOS focusing on hyper-local events. Like within one mile, three miles of where you live or where you set your location to. And I'm really looking forward to getting in here and playing for these folks, getting the inside scoop on their business. They've also sponsored Logo Unlimited Presents Supporting Sound, which is coming up on February 25th. So if you don't have your tickets yet, you better get your tickets because there's not very many left. Oh. It's going to be a good day. It's the Break Room They work out of a WeWork, which is a co-working space. Lots of startups in one area. But this is going to be my first time in the Bellevue WeWork, so we're going to get to check out that too. Wow. Wow. Hey, Pepper. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We came from the old world to Newark, through the ghost towns on the new gold rush. No matter how long you let it pursue you, you always submit to love. Nothing but trust. Maybe ready to sleep, perchance to drink and say I There's the rum and I say I say. Hey, yeah. 
giants are barking at the ones who own the land. Amused at watching us pitch tent, but the laughs come softer as they watch us grow. And the reverie pilgrims of broad worlds and dreams swinging through billboard skeletons. And what happens when come high water? We'll grab those doors and follow the Tell me the story of how you came up with the idea for Block 24. Sure. Yeah, well, I'm at a stage in life where uh, my kids uh, are now out of the house, so I'm a recent empty nester. And uh, as part of that process, I found that I had a lot more, my wife and I, we had a lot more time on our hands. And so uh, we're out and about more in the community. And uh, we we're basically looking for things to do. And I realized that it was difficult to find great things to do. Uh, there are lots of resources, but they're fragmented all over the internet. And I thought, okay, that's a problem that, I, that makes sense for my life stage that I'd like to, like to solve. With the event focus and it being hyper-local, how are you trying to differentiate yourself from like the Facebook events or the events that are in the local newspaper? Well, first of all, when we think about it from a consumer perspective, consumers are looking for things to do. And that transcends uh, going out to eat, going out to drink. So uh, one competitor would be Yelp, for instance, uh, which is a, uh, basically a directory for finding restaurants or bars uh, at its core. It doesn't have that kind of very interesting and very compelling uh, uh, event-based content um, that comes and goes. Uh, you know, it, it is more perishable in, in its nature. Um, when you look at another set of competitors, which would be social media, Facebook, Instagram, etc., 
Um, you go to social media to discover perhaps somebody you're following or more, in, in, more frequently what friends are up to. And you discover things uh, you know, as part of that process. But it's not a resource you go to when you say, okay, I want to go out to listen to live music. I want to find out where I should be going. We see ourselves as, as having a better context. It's, it's, it's the context as a consumer where you want to find something to do, and it could be an event, it could be a place to eat, a place to drink, it could be happy hour, it could be a variety of things. And uh, we are orienting ourselves exclusively to that context, and, and nobody else is really doing that. So that's how we differentiate. Where are you looking to take it? Like, what's your driving passion uh, behind it, and what's on the horizon? Well, it's interesting because in, in doing this business, I've discovered uh, that, you know, I, I kind of inherently knew, but I, I, I've discovered more about the stages of life, okay? And, uh, you know, I've been through that phase where I was a high school student, I was a university student, and then I graduated, and, and then I, uh, you know, my, met my wife, got engaged, had kids, now I'm emerging at the other side. And, mm -hmm. and it's very interesting because we think of, people at all those stages in life in terms of what they, how much time they have, how much money they have, and what they want to do with that free time. And that's been really a kind of enriching and, and, and fun. Um, so uh, we want this to go everywhere. It's, it's relevant for people who are graduated. Their idea of a good time is you know, a keg of beer and a hundred people. It's relevant pe for people who are settling down. Their idea of a good time is going out with their, their soulmate and, and listening to some music. It's relevant for people who are empty nisters and they want to go out with a group of friends to find a cool place to eat dinner. They just don't want to go to the same place they go to over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's really relevant to everybody. And it, 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 when you do something, you, go, you get out of your house, off the couch, into your community and you experience something that is kind of outside of your routine and off the beaten path it's it's like enriching it's part of what it is like to be human you know it's so that is for me it's it really drives me it's very inspiring and um it's just a very fascinating problem we love being part of the local scene the more we can do it the better that's great and i want to thank you again for a sponsoring supporting sound showcase was just happening on february 25th over at 18th and union in capitol hill thanks again andrew okay. thank you thanks for listening to episode three of break room balladeer and i'm with kingfish I'm not sure if I like playing the music first in the video or having the interview first in the video. I'm not sure. In the past, during the Expressway Balladeer videos, I always did the music last. But I don't know. I've been messing around with the format of this new series trying to see where it can go and where things can be placed. and I'm just messing around with it, seeing what works. But thank you, Kingfish, for watching that. I actually think that you are also my 100th subscriber on YouTube. 
I didn't keep track of it, but I recently broke 100 subscribers on YouTube. And I looked back today, and there were two people ahead of Mr. Kingfish in my subscribers. So I'm not sure if that means that you were the 100th subscriber or if there's some folks with some private accounts who subscribed, but you could be the 100th subscriber. Do I need a prize or something for that? <laughs> Thanks, Kingfish. I appreciate it. I am going to play a song now. Actually, I'm going to be playing a third of a song. I have these really long songs called Epics, and they're over 10 minutes long. And in these songs, I usually write a piece here and there and then fit them together later. This song that I'm going to play is called Almost Yesterday. And I wrote it in my second year of college when I was starting to attempt to find a serious girlfriend. I failed at that miserably. Almost all of my songs during that had something to do with me trying and failing to find a girlfriend. And this is pretty much like me giving up almost yesterday. Like, this is going to happen again. It's almost yesterday. So I give up. Let's just have fun. Let's just follow our whims when it comes to relationships. And I was thinking of it one night, and I was just like lost in it. It, it didn't mean anything anymore. What did all of these quick relationships mean? They meant nothing. And it felt like I was just losing my innocence, in a sense, for nothing. So what I ended up thinking of this as is like a, a protecting, protecting the innocent part of me, like the child of me, the, the part of me that likes to just be goofy and have fun and do all this random weird shit all the time. So I wrote this song, and that's exactly what it's about. It's about losing your innocence or protecting your innocence or going out of your way to just not be yourself entirely. Because if you have to protect a piece of you, if you feel like you need to protect a piece of yourself, then I don't think your surroundings are the best or as good as they could be. You know, you should be able to be somewhat vulnerable at some time. I mean, it gets tiring. Having your guard up all the time is really tiring. So I wrote pieces of this song as I was thinking about this, and I'm going to play them in parts. So I'm going to play the first part tonight, the second part tomorrow,
and the third part on Thursday. So this is called Almost Yesterday, and the first part is just simple blues, setting it up. So here it goes. Yes, it was raining most of the night. Guess I need to ramble on. 